When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to TPQ20, where we go beyond the page with poets about passions, process, pitfalls, and poetry. I'm Courtney Margolin. And I'm Chris Margolin. Let's expand the conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with me on TPQ20 today. Um, I always like to start things off with I know who you are, um, but our audience may not. So if you were to give kind of your elevator pitch of who you are, uh, who are you? Okay, um, well, I'm Shandel Beers, and I have published three full-length poetry collections. Um, the first one's A Brief History of Time. The second one is The Children's War and Other Poems, and then most recently, Secure Your Own Mask, which was a finalist for the Oregon Book Award. And um, I guess I'm originally from a really small town, smaller than 2,000 people in rural Indiana. So I consider Ooh. myself a rural poet. And I've taught community college for 22 years now. So hopefully oh I know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> we hope. Years. You know, I'm, not, I'm, I'm 19 years into teaching, uh, teachings at the secondary level. Um, yeah. But 22 years at community college, man, that wow, more power to you. That, oh, thank um, you. <laughs> I feel like sometimes I feel like sometimes that can be uh, much more um, at times more gratifying, and at times much more like a kindergarten class. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, that's really really exciting. What subjects are you teaching? Uh, this quarter, I have writing 121, which is like the regular intro to college composition. So a lot of personal essays. And um, then I have two sections of argument and rhetoric and one section of fiction writing. Cool. And if you could, what would be your dream class to teach? I mean, I love teaching the creative writing. Um, we don't really teach British literature or Shakespeare anymore, which is really sad. Um, I used to get to do that, but um, just sort of community college budgets, everything's kind of bare bones right now. Um, so I would love it if I got to teach Brit Lit or Shakespeare again. Mm. Uh, yeah, I love the connections from like Milton to Blake to Keats, mm. just that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, I think we're already kind of getting into like the passions portions of this, but uh, when it comes to the world of literature, what are your passions? Um, and maybe what are those passions outside of literature that kind of find their way into your, uh, into your writing world? Uh, definitely nature, the outdoors. Um, I mean, my specialization was the British romantics. So nah. just the whole, you know, like wandering the countryside sort of thing. Um, definitely uh, the Gothic stuff. So, um, you know, I, where I live, whenever I post pictures, people say, oh my God, it looks like Wuthering Heights there. And I'm like, well, that's really cool because <laughs> yeah, parts parts of Oregon look like that. Um, so I feel really lucky that I get sort of the nature and the literature that go together. That's awesome. 
Um, well, then what do you, you know, you've been in this poetry game and in this, uh, this world of writing uh, now uh, and teaching for quite some time. What do you see as kind of your process when it comes to the various genres that you kind of work within? Um, what is your what is your process for writing when you sit down to figure something out? Are you a nine to fiver? Are you uh, you know you need uh, are there superstitions that go with your process? Um, you know some people I love when some people uh, we've had on have said well we need to at least make some tea and have it sitting in front of us, uh, not necessarily drink it. Or, you know, are there rituals that you go through or is it just kind of whenever inspiration hits? Right now, it's more like when I can make time. Um, it's just, you know, heavy teaching load. I'm the vice president of an animal shelter. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I'm a mom. Um, so like right now there's like, um, not to get like too into it, but there's like a dog that has puppies and kind of like a non-safe place right now because it's going to be like 10 degrees tomorrow night um so we're like trying to coordinate rescuing these puppies doing this podcast um (laughs) my husband is like the real dog whisperer so the catch pole is in his car and he's on campus so I'm like do I break into his car and like get the catch pole go rescue these dogs do I wait for him to get done teaching and then I have to pick up my child in like an hour and a half So it's, yeah. So the whole writing thing is like, um, when I can make myself write by like, if I sign up for a class and pay for it, like a writing workshop online, I will write because I feel obligated, Mm -hmm. right. As someone who grew up working class, like you spent money on this, now you're going to do it. Um, so there's that or, um, national poetry month. I always try to do the, the poem a day challenge. Um, and then when I, teach I try to if I give my students a prompt I try to do the prompt um yeah so I wish I had one of those lives where I was like I write every day but yeah I I don't now when you started 20 odd years ago (laughs) was it different uh I mean did you I guess did you at Uh, least think there needed to be a process when you started I mean I think um it's very romantic to think that there needs to be a process you know, well, you know what I mean? Like when I was like first starting, I was like 19 or whatever. And I was like at this beautiful private college with like a gazebo next to azalea bushes. And it, it was nice to like go sit out there and write um, or, you know, to like ride your bike to a library and sit on a bench outside the library. Um, so I think I was, I was way privileged as a younger person. Um and yeah, I, I, it's definitely changed, um, but it's all good. You know, like now I have to rush to do it, but I have all kinds of life experiences, I hope, which make me hopefully a better writer than that 19 year old kid. That is true. And you said you had kids and I know like our daughter, when we, she, she doesn't think she likes to write, but she loves to talk. She loves to tell stories. It's mm-hmm. almost like, um, I, you know, I find with my the middle schoolers I teach too, it's like you can't necessarily get them to write it down, but boy, is there a spoken word portion of it that's just sitting there. So if you're, you know, do you find that your do you find that your kids have taken to writing at all? Um, well, I, I have one child, um, okay. so he's yeah, he's ten, and um, once in a while I'll post his journals uh, for school that he's okay with me posting, <laughs> and. Um, 
they used to be a struggle. Like he would get anxiety and be like, I can't believe the teacher wants us to write every day. And now he writes the most hilarious journals. Uh, So yeah. And there's just, they're so funny. So I hope he keeps that voice where it's, it's right now, very stream of consciousness where, you know, the teacher gives a prompt and his first sentence is like, why would you ask that? That's unsettling. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you ever find because, you know, because the, the animal shelter is obviously such a massive part of your world. um, Does that, find its way into your writing as well? Or do you find that you have to compartmentalize certain pieces in order to keep yourself sane, to have those different portions of your life? Um, I mean, it's it's in some poems, it's in some short stories. Um, like I have a, a short story that I hope gets published that I wrote in a Kathy Fish workshop called Ooh, This Is yeah. How You Groom a Dog. And, um, you know, it's like, a dog groomer and just the things people demand from her and <laughs> you know that that kind of thing very cool well in in your in your career thus far and and maybe more in the in the writing portion of it than the teaching portion of it um you know we all have our our stumbling blocks and pitfalls along the way uh what do you think has been you know one of your biggest pitfalls um when it comes to the world of writing and how did you, or or did you kind of get over it? And how did that work for you? Oh, this, I don't know if I should admit this. I feel like <laughs> I, I used to be so conceited. Um, well, you know, when you're like a young writer and you're first getting published, then when something gets rejected, you're just like, how can they not see how brilliant I am? Um, <laughs> you well, I mean, we oh. all were, we all were like that when we were maybe yes. 20 or something. Um, and some people don't grow out of it. Like I am so glad I have. Um, but I, I feel like that was the big sort of just so embarrassing. Like I'm sure I had so many cringeworthy moments, um, earlier in my career. And I, I hope people give people room for growth, do you feel like you, was there anything then that you, uh, like, I know I, I was trying to get a book published at 23 and I came into an editor that, you know, I felt had too many edits for me to do. And I was too, you know, too kind of conceited and narcissistic to think at that time, like, how dare you think that this needs work? So I kind of put it aside and then I never, I never got back to it. Do you think, were there pieces that you, because somebody maybe said that they weren't your best at that time, do you feel like you put it away and, and maybe, maybe you left some work on the table that, uh, that maybe you shouldn't have because of that? Um, I don't, I don't think it's so much that I'm just, you know, sort of like cringy of like, did I really rub people the wrong way? You know, um. (laughs) that kind of thing. But I, I think we all have that. And I mean, as writers, we sort of all empathize a lot. That's how we imagine other people's lives. Um, so hopefully, you know, uh, I, whatever I've done in the past uh, <laughs> that was bad, people have gotten past that. Where do you, uh, where do you keep your writing? We, we, uh, we hear a lot of people with different types of um, names for their notes apps on their phones, different files that they keep. Are you someone who writes kind of just via your phone or do you have a notebook with you or you, what's your, when you actually are sitting down to do Mm -hmm. something, where are you most comfortable? 
I really like writing in either composition books or legal pads. Okay. Um, yeah. And then I type it up and I'm, I'm trying to get more organized, like with my new, my latest <laughs> laptop where, you know, there, there are actual folders called fiction and poetry. And um, it gets hard though, because, you know, everyone has like a work computer, a home computer, you know, um, so yeah, a few weeks ago, um, I was looking for a story and I was like, oh, the journal that was published in is out of print. I can't find this anywhere. And the editor had the, the doc that I sent him back oh, like, man. yeah, like 12 years ago or something and, and gave it to me. So nice. Um, what's your, uh, what's your oldest notebook that you think you have? How far back do they go? Oh, I, as far as like, handwritten notebooks like I I know I have a diary from like 20 years ago or something um I don't know I'm pretty good about when I handwrite something it immediately gets typed up because <laughs> you know I have five dogs like things get eaten you know <laughs> your dog your dogs literally eat your homework yeah actually yes I have uh, many books with like missing corners of the cover you know that kind of thing We've got a uh, our uh, our therapy dog is a is a hundred and twenty pound sheepadoodle. Um, oh wow! Who is, uh, who is sleeping somehow next to me over here? But uh, yeah, he uh, he was supposed to be the runt of a litter. He was only supposed to be sixty pounds, um, and he uh, when he hit the hundred pound mark, we realized that he he was much bigger than than we had. <laughs> we you know he's he takes up an entire couch sometimes so he has definitely become like another child in the house right we've got him and then we've got a, a little uh, a little like 11 pound lhasa opsa who's you know, oh, 16 cute. 16 years old and usually teeters just around in the background so we've, we've got like a quiet day for some reason which is nice <laughs> um who are you reading right now what's uh what is exciting to you and what's uh, kind of what's coming out that you're excited about um, who is out there that we should know about that, you know, uh, maybe, maybe is an up and coming writer, but what, uh, what's on your bookshelf um, and who should we get to know? Okay, let me think. Um, I have been blurbing so many books lately that it's like I'm reading, you know, manuscripts before they are books. Right. Um, I'm trying to remember. Um, I think you had Demisty Bellinger on recently. You sure did, Absolutely. Yeah, um, I blurbed her recent poetry collection, and it's just amazing, like so amazing. Um, oh, I'm trying to think. Erin um, C. Murphy has a collection out. Um, uh, I feel like I'm going to forget someone because I, I <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, Claudia Saria, I think is how you say Ooh. her name. She's um, a Romanian writer. I just um, wrote the blurb for her collection that recently came out. Um, I wish I could remember the names of like everything. Right. <laughs> um, it's so hard. And there's so many that this, this next year or two are so inundated with just amazing yeah. books. Um, it's hard to, it's hard to keep up with them. That's a, it's, it's definitely hard to remember what's on the horizon. Do you, I guess, I guess maybe a, a different side of that question is, do you find yourself reading more fiction or, or I guess, what do you find yourself reading more of? Because you kind of live in both worlds. So what do you, what do you tend to lean toward? It just um, kind of whatever comes to me. Like right now um, I'm teaching fiction writing, um, 
but I seem to be sort of reading everything. Um, oddly enough, right now I'm reading Peter Pan because, oh. yeah, um, for some reason I had trouble reading like regular, like, like grown up adult fiction because of the <laughs> pandemic, like I felt like my brain wasn't quite in it, you know? Ooh, Peter Pan can be a pretty dark pandemic book. Oh, very. But <laughs> but I started with the Oz books. Like um, Ooh, okay. I read all 15 of the Oz books. And then I thought, you know, I have never read Peter Pan. Um, and so I'm, I'm almost done, but it's just sort of crazy how much of a sociopath Peter is. Yeah. Like oh, it's, yeah. it's super dark. Um, and I don't want to give anything away, but, you know, definitely read it. Um, and yes, it's problematic. There's, there's, you know, like the horrible, like Native American stuff in it. Um, but just to know what Peter Pan is, um, I think it's, it's important to read it. So you don't mm -hmm. have the Disney version in your head. I like, uh, if you want a fun, a fun pairing, that'll kind of mess with your head a little bit, read Peter Pan and then read Catcher in the Rye. Um, oh wow! And then, uh, then keep Wendy in mind whenever Phoebe pops up. Um, That's brilliant. It's a, yeah, it's a really cool. I stumbled upon a, a book about it a handful of years ago, and mm -hmm. it always it just became this this aha moment. Um, and you know, I grew up with Catcher as being you know that 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 major book for me for some reason, mm -hmm. um, and to find that. Phoebe Wendy connection was always really cool. It was a nice, a nice way to look at kind of Holden as Peter, um, with Phoebe as that one character that keeps kind of keeps keeps him back, keeps him grounded as much as possible. Um, so it's a, it's a, that's a, it's it's a fun pairing to look at. Definitely. Um, and then uh, kind of to wrap things up, what is coming out for you, uh, and what are uh, what are you working on that we can kind of keep an eye out for? Um, I've been sending out mostly fiction, just I feel like um, after a poetry book comes out, I sort of switch gears and write fiction for a while. Um, so I recently had a story in Leon Literary Review, um, which you can find online. It's like a flash uh, story. And then I think next month, um, I have a story coming out um, with Prism. Um, yeah. So cool. just, awesome. Yeah. Well, we are really looking forward to uh, reading those and seeing where you head next. Uh, thank you so much for hanging out on TPQ20 today. We really appreciate your time. Um, this is always so much fun. Thank you so much for, uh, for being you. And uh, we look forward to seeing where you head. Awesome. Thank you. This is fun. Thank you. Have a great rest of the day. Okay. Yeah. Let's hope we rescue those puppies. <laughs> Absolutely. Have a good one. Good okay. Luck. Yeah, Bye -bye. thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to TPQ20. Please like, review, and subscribe.